You're listening to Devotions with Pastor Daniel Williams, taken from the Redemption Church YouTube channel. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to these live devotionals here on a Wednesday, sunny afternoon. Uh, It's noon o'clock. It's amazing. And uh, man, I'm praying and fasting this week a lot for our children and just thinking about all of you guys being able to pray and fast with with, uh, us as a church. It's just such a blessing to be able to do this together. And so I hope you're doing well. Even if you're hungry, I pray that the Lord is using this time to consecrate you to his will and his glory, but also to use this for his plans and purposes for our children's life. And so um, anyways, all that to say, it's Wednesday and I'm glad that you're with us, joining us here live on YouTube or whether it be on our podcast listening as well. It's always a joy. One thing I've been thinking about as we've been studying through Exodus is this one part of uh, the scripture in Exodus 27 talking about how the Israelites battled together and um, really fought and marched together. And so today, in today's devotional, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the strength of unity, the strength in unity. Uh, even thinking about my fasting right now, I'm not doing it alone. I know there are many other people right now interceding and praying for our children, and it's bringing me an inner strength. And uh, I was thinking about how the Israelites were marching in the wilderness, um, I don't want to get too technical because I did talk a long time on this last Sunday. You could check the message out on our podcast or on our website. But um, there there was this battle order in Numbers chapter 10 where God gave the order of how the Israelites were to march together. Remember, the tabernacle is a portable um, setup. They would set it up and tear it down as they follow the pillar of uh, the Lord, uh, the cloud the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. And so as the Lord led, they would focus on the Lord and they would follow him. And the way that they would march was a certain order and it brought uh, a great strength uh, to the tribe. The Levites would carry the Ark of the Covenant first and then three tribes, um, including um, Judah, Iskar, and uh, Zebulun, um, they would walk. And then the Levites also would carry then all the uh, tabernacle, um, like the curtains and the poles and all that different stuff. Then there'd be another three tribes. Then the Levites would carry um, more stuff from the tabernacle, the objects and the furnishings. And then there would be the last six tribes. And one commentary said this, as the tribes traveled through the wilderness towards the promised land, they formed a military march. At the head, God's presence led the contingent of, as Levites carried the ark and the tribes followed according to the military strength. Uh, This was actually a part of God's plan to bring unity, to bring strength. There was an order. There was a certain way that they were to march in the wilderness being led by God. And uh, of course, this is a picture of our spiritual journey uh, as we're in this wilderness going to our promised land, the hope of heaven. We're to walk in order uh, with um, certain people in front of us, certain people behind us and in community. Um, God wants us in community, especially being on the battlefield. One thing I didn't mention on Sunday, but you know, if you get separated from your platoon, the, the, the chances of you surviving is basically, um, slim to none. Uh, we actually need in warfare to have community, to have people. And the Bible says that we're better together. And so I've just been, been pondering on this as we are fasting and praying this week. We're doing it together, but we're doing it 
not just in one meeting, but, you know, last night in community group, we prayed. Uh, the women are going to get together on Friday. Uh, the youth group, there's other people getting around together. Um, I know that some of you guys are getting together this week. It's just so cool that there is an order and a system that we can live life together. And this is what God has called us to do to walk in unity. And I wanted to encourage you uh, through Psalm 133. As I've just been thinking about this as other believers in spiritual warfare, like Ephesians chapter six says we're to take on the shield of faith, that faith or shield is to interlock with other people's shields and become a strength for the unit. We so too uh, are to interlock or to twine our lives together with other believers and it brings strength to all of us. And there's a strength and unity and the psalmist in Psalm 133 Uh, proclaims this. And I just sort of want to take a few minutes to sort of break down this psalm and talk about how God gives us strength as we walk in unity and how he wants us to walk in unity. This psalm goes, Behold how good and pleasant it is, brothers, to dwell in unity. It is the precious oil on the head running down on the beard and on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, uh, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord command the blessing, life forevermore. Now, contextually, this psalm is actually a part of a whole group of songs, the songs of ascent, Psalm 120 through 134. The Jewish people would actually sing this psalm as they would go up to Jerusalem and celebrate all of these feasts that we've been learning about through Leviticus and the tabernacle and remembering all that God did. Uh, God wanted them to celebrate his grace, so he gave them uh, these psalms to remember, um, to sing out as songs, uh, to remind the people how important these truths are. And so they would go up to uh, to Jerusalem and to these feasts trying to be on the same page from God's word. Uh, the tribe of Dan or Asher or Gad, Benjamin, they'd all be in different places as the promised land. Uh, they went to the promised land and had different places and land to live, but then they would go back to Jerusalem, go celebrate together as a big tribe, and they would have these songs in their mind. Um, and this Psalm, Psalm 133, is actually uh, telling us how important unity is. Uh, God wanted this on their tongues, wanted this on their minds, and wanted this on their heart. Uh, the Psalm says, behold, that word behold means take note or be aware of, take notice. This is important. You need to understand this. Unity is important. Uh, there's a declaration that God wants us to pay attention to. And so the, describes, the psalmist describes this important truth that unity is good and pleasant. It's a good thing to dwell in unity. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And he gives two examples of this truth of how unity is good and pleasant. One, he says, it's like the precious oil uh, on the head running down the beard and on the beard of Aaron running down on the collar of his robe. Uh, one, unity gives us strength. Unity gives us strength. Unity is a precious commodity, uh, meaning it's worth a lot in our lives. It's valuable. It's worth working for. Um, uh, he says that unity is like precious oil. And many times when God would anoint a person for a special task, uh, they would anoint this oil on their head and it would run down from their head to their beard, even into their clothing, uh, meaning that you can see it, you can smell it. It would be an outward sign of God's strength in their life. Unity is like that. Uh, it's like oil coming down upon your life and people are, could see it. They could smell it. Uh, it's something that's important. And when God wants to have a, to accomplish great things, he pours down this oil into our lives. 
But usually the way that we do great things is not just through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but his body and doing things together because we can go farther together. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine through 12. You may know this verse, but it says two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil for if they fall one will lift up his fellow but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not um, another to lift him up again if two lie down together they keep warm but how can one keep warm alone and though a man might uh, prevail against one who is alone two will withstand him a threefold cord is not quickly broken the Bible clearly says that we are better together. It gives a strength. Unity gives us a, a, a strength, and it's like this precious oil that, that is, is that's actually tangible. That's uh, God's calling and anointing, and He blesses and He strengthens and He powers. And you could smell it, you could see it. It actually affects your life. Uh, when someone falls, they can have someone else pick them up. Um, this is why the Bible says in Hebrews 10, don't forsake the fellowship of the brethren because it brings a blessing. It brings a strength. Uh, God anoints that. Uh, this is like oil on the beard or on your mouth and you can taste it. You can you can sense it or on your clothing or the collar. When we dwell in unity, it blesses our lives and people notice. And then he gives another example in this text. He says, it's like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountain of Zion. Unity not only gives strength, but it gives life. This is how good and pleasant it is. I, I love the mountains. I love going into the mountains, praying in the mountains. Um, but oftentimes, uh, the way that the mountains are watered in the foothills, um, because it's so high and elevated, is actually through dew. And it's saying it's like the dew on Hermon. Uh, when you go up there in the morning, usually there's a whole bunch of dew. So much so, you can go in the morning and your windshield could be uh, frozen from the dew and it didn't even rain. Uh, there's a, a concentration. There's um, a certain uh, blessing and system up in the mountains. And he's saying, hey, when you walk in unity, it's like this system. It's like this this oil that anoints like with power and gives strength. But it's also like this dew that gives life to places uh, where they need life. This is how God actually gives a, a life to the vegetation and the animals in mountains um, because it's so highly elevated, but it's cold and things can freeze and then they can melt and waterfalls come. It brings nutrition to the ground. It brings life. It's like this dew. Unity is like that. It's life giving to our souls. It refreshes us. It brings health. It produces life. This is why the Bible tells us to strive for peace with others. Uh, Romans twelve eighteen says, but if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceable at all. Hebrews twelve fourteen says, strive for peace with everyone. Um, and David is saying, listen, there. This is how good and pleasant it is. It, it, it's this thing that you can taste, you can see, you can actually drink, um, you can experience the unity, uh, and it brings strength in your life. Behold, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. Uh, man, it is so important and it's lastly a powerful thing. Um, you may not accept this or not, but David says it's reality. Behold, God is declaring this to you. Uh, I'm reminded of this in Genesis chapter 11, verse one, it's the tower of Babel. And I remember God, uh, speaking to me in this, it was so incredible. It's so important. Something that I just sort of, um, thought about just the power of unity uh, the text says that now the whole earth had one language and the same words. 
Um, and they decided to build this tower to make a name for themselves. Now, we know this is not good. Our goal as human beings is to glorify God, right? To glorify God, make him known. I love him. Uh, they were in rebellion, but they were still unified. They were in sin, but they were unified and they were having great success even in their brokenness, even in their sin. Verses five and six of this text says, the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, behold, they are of one people and they have one language. And this is the only beginning of what they will do. And nothing they will propose to do will uh, now be impossible for them. Why? Because they were living in unity and the Lord commands a blessing in unity. You living in unity is a powerful thing. Even when we have distorted unity and brokenness, you think about an industry like the world, the job, there's all these principles and people think, oh man, they're just living all these principles out. No, God has given us this truth. He wanted this truth on this people's lips. Hey, walk in unity, be a part of something. It's good. Behold, declare it to you. We often get caught up because even with, in our brokenness and our sin, people in the business world, they are unified under a mission and make a lot of money. Uh, people can be unified even for evil and cause a lot of pain. But the Bible says we to be unified under God's submission and his glory. And he, he commands a blessing. And so he commands a blessing when we're unified. And it's even more powerful when we submit our lives to God in unity for his glory and his mission and his purpose. You remember Acts chapter one? The disciples in the day of Pentecost, they were in one accord in perfect unity, devoting themselves to prayer. This is why I'm so pumped that we as a church family are fasting and praying this week because we can be devoted as one praying together, uh, skipping a whole days of, of eating or just one simple meal, but we can come together. We could devote ourselves. And it was in that unity, the disciples were praying and waiting on God for 10 days that the Holy Spirit came down and filled them. Uh, like tongues of fire just appeared. It was the day of Pentecost arrived and they were all together in one place, Acts chapter 2 says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And you know what? People noticed. People noticed the blessing. Peter began preaching the gospel. And the end of chapter 2, it says that uh, many people were added to uh, the fold. Um, they got saved. They were baptized. They got brought in. Why? Because the disciples were unified. They were praying. They were together in fellowship and it brought great power and strength. See, unity brings a blessing, but you need to submit your life to the Lord and walk in unity with other brothers to bring spiritual blessing, not just for your life, but for others to save souls, to make disciples, to be uh, aligned and walk in it. And the psalmist, he reminds us, for there the Lord has commanded blessing, life forevermore. God has commanded us to live in unity, live in blessing. And he wanted this on the, the Israelites' tongues as they were coming now together from all over to celebrate God's goodness through these feasts. And the Bible commands this to us as believers. Um, in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, Paul tells us to eagerly maintain the unity that we have in the body of Christ. I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, 
one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace has been given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. You see, we're not to compare one another and say, well, you got this gift and I got this gift. No, we're to come together and say, man, you got this gift and I got this gift. We're better together. We don't need to compete. We could be unified and bring glory to God. I may, I may not be an evangelist, but let me, let me grab my evangelist friend and let me practice hospitality and get that person into conversation with one of my friends. Like we can minister together. We can evangelize together. We can make disciples together. Uh, this is why it's so important, even uh, you being a part of a church, to invite others to come to church. You may not have the boldness or even the gift of teaching, but as those people and pastors and me and Robin and others are teaching you the word of God. It's a gift that benefits all. Just like everyone's not gifted in everything, uh, it's okay. Uh, the Bible says that we're to eagerly maintain the unity, knowing that all God's grace and all God's gifts are by his grace, and we do it together. And so Paul, even in the New Testament, calls us and commands us, hey, walk worthy of the calling that you have. Be of one spirit. Be of one baptism. Be of one Lord, we're in this together. There is strength and unity. And I was thinking about those Israelites, man, walking in the spiritual warfare, in the wilderness, and those type of things. They were guarded and they were protected because there was unity. Uh, the Judah was in the front because there was more warriors. Um, but yet there were six tribes in the back to cover. Uh, the Levites had their special thing, the furnishing, the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant. Um, but yet there was another three tribes in the middle of all of that. Like there was an order, there was a system, and it didn't seem chaotic because they were all under the authority of God. Uh, you know, the body of Christ is like that. The church, the family of God is like that. It, it could be crazy if you think about the millions of people and Christians out there, but there is an order. There are local communities, churches, Redemption Church in Delray Beach. It's a small local group community under submission of the Holy Spirit, walking in unity, giving glory to God, praising him, and we have a part to play. And you could break that down all the way to your family, all the way to your life. But the Bible says, behold, how good and pleasant it is the brothers dwell in unity. The Lord there commands a blessing. And I just wanted to think about this, ponder this with you, and just be reminded of this beautiful truth as we're sort of separated all over, doing our thing with fasting, with praying, with thinking about that it's still a strength because we get to do it together. Um, and so uh, lastly, how, how do we do this? How do we do this? I think uh, Proverbs 29, 18 um, gives us some wisdom in this because just as the Israelites did it back then and walked in um, strength and unity, I think God wants us to walk in strength and unity by his word and to come under his authority. Uh, as the spirit moved and they got instructions from Moses through uh, God in Numbers chapter 10 of how to do this, God has given us instructions as the spirit moves through his scripture to know what to do and to be organized and to walk in the will of God. Proverbs 29, 18 says, there is no prophetic vision for the people. Uh, when there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. When we come under God's prophetic vision, his word, and we love him and submit to him and to one another, it actually brings unity. And this is how we can have strength through unity by submitting to God, loving one another, loving God, loving one another, being under his prophetic vision, 
man, it's a beautiful thing and there's great strength. And so my prayer for us as we walk um, sort of separate, but together this week, uh, man, that we would be unified under the spirit, under his authority, uh, his prophetic vision, his scripture, his word, and that we would be one in Christ. I just wanted to remind you there is strength in unity. May we be praying for this and may we walk it out so that others would see, they would smell, they would taste, they would understand there's a life-giving presence in Christ as you obey him. So God bless you guys and we will see you on the next video.